So we are now dealing with so many issues, all of which combined make us all think about how crazy it is that people actually believe so much crap out there. I mean, really, that's, that's the ultimate. When you put things together, that people think that uh, masks are effective in any way and they're all going, even though they know, for example, that it, it cannot work, uh, where they think that not only can a man become a woman, but it is his God-given right to be able to compete against women in the Olympics or otherwise. Yeah, the Olympics, the highest stage. Yeah, exactly right. So that, that's that's one thing. And, and then, of course, that global warming thing. And they, they we'll go through the whole list in a short order. But before I do that, I, wa- I want to show how distracting it all is. And what better way than to do so by way of playing a clip from uh, Life of Brian, okay? Because Life of Brian really says everything. Here, let's, let's go ahead. Bright hours must reflect such a divergence of interest within his power base. Agreed. Francis? Yeah, I think Judith's point of view is very valid, Rich. Provided the movement never forgets that it is the unalienable right of every man or woman, or woman to rid himself or herself. Or herself. Agreed. Thank you, brother. Or sister. Or sister. Where was I? I think you. <laughs> it's just, I think you were done. But I mean, that part alone is priceless. You know, where he gets so distracted in this nonsense that he he forgets to advance his cause, which is in this case the life of Brian. They're trying to fight the Romans, right? But but they get so distracted by by the uh, by the, the the nomenclature, the pronoun game. This is back in 1980, by the way. This movie. That's how I long it was ago. Seventy-seven. Was no, no, it was definitely in nineteen eighty. Yeah, okay, seventy-nine at the earliest. Forty but, years ago. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's really quite remarkable. So let me let me just continue on because it's a lot of fun. You finished. Oh, right. Furthermore, it is the birthright of every man or woman. Why don't you shut up about women, Stan? You're putting us off. Women have a perfect right to play a part in our movement, Reg. Why are you always on about women, Stan? I want to be one. <laughs> what? I want to be a woman. From now on, I want you all to call me Loretta. What? It's my right as a man. But why do you want to be Loretta, Stan? I want to have babies. You want to have babies? It's every man's right to have babies if he wants them. But you can't have babies. Don't you oppress me. I'm not oppressing you, Stan. You haven't got a womb. Where's the fetus going to just take? You're going to keep it in a box? At this point, he's crying, right? I've got an idea. Suppose you agree that he can't actually have babies, not having a womb, which is nobody's fault, not even the Romans, but that he can have the right to have babies. Good idea, Judith. We shall fight the oppressors for your right to have babies, brother. Sister, sorry. What's the point? What? What's the point of fighting for his right to have babies when he can't have babies? It is symbolic of our struggle against oppression. Symbolic of his struggle against reality. (laughs) Okay, so in this clip, you have, this is, again, more than 40 years ago, in this clip, you have everything that you need to know about today's transgender movement for one part, but also from the whole woke movement as well. Listen to, I mean, and I stopped at that one point where the guy got lost in direction, which is in and of itself an interesting point. How they get lost in this quagmire, this quicksand of political correctness and the right words and and the wokeness and everything else. But then 
he goes on and he talks about how he needs to have a womb and he wants to, everyone should call him Loretta, right? We, we all have to, they all have to engage in his madness, right? He, he wants to redirect it so that he is now going to be engaged in madness. So at the very end, you hear the, um, I forget what the, the main character's name, um, but he says it's, it's a symbolic of his, his madness, his, right? His name is Reg. Reg, yeah, the Reg. So the Reg character says, uh, this is symbolic of his madness, and it's so true. It really is. I mean, so so forty years ago, this was hysterical. It still is hysterical, but it's so apt. And anyone watching this in the movie theater would appreciate this with such delight and would laugh hysterically, and would put this character who wants to be called Loretta into the Michael Palin character. Uh, in such uh, the, the appropriate perspective, it is it is madness. He's unable to deal with reality, and that's exactly exactly what the Reg character says. This is what this podcast will be about today: the inability to deal with what's right in front of people's eyes, the inability to deal with reality, and it's not not even an. An, an inability per se. It's a refusal. It's a willingness to deal with a lack of reality. How about that? Right? So, and I, I just, I made a long list of, of the various different things that are going on. You can, you can see them as a theme if you want to, but they're there. One of them uh, is, is quite simple. It's, of course, the, the granddaddy of them all is global warming. Right, so that one is where we kind of insist that the world is warming, we're all going to die, uh, and we have to do something and presto pronto. It, and it's our fault. And we can do something to stop it. Yes. <laughs> all, yeah. all four of those all, are nuts. They are nuts, and, and at the end of the day, that's what they insist on. So, uh, you know, we have to deal with that, and, and they are told over and over again. And now they're also told... And I, by the way, I predicted this on, in my book, Rise of the Sex Machines, came out, I guess, three years, yeah, three years ago. And I said, there's going to be this movement where they're going to insist that nobody have children, that to have children is a selfish act. Uh, and, and I predict further, going further, that they will limit the number of children that people can have. They will do what China did with the one-child policy. Apparently they, they're doing it with the vaccines. Right? Well, that's, a, that's another story, but we can, yeah. and we can get into that. But, but, uh, but it's so, you're so right, because Biden's nominee for the uh, Interior Department wrote papers in college that she's now doing her best to cover up that children are a pollutant. Okay, so... That is an example of that, and that is exactly the right thing. That's, I mean, it's not correct, of course, but that's, it, it just shows it's becoming a, a factor and a fact on the ground for the left. But the thing is, and Dennis Prager said this recently, and I, I thought it was a, a very solid point because it makes so much sense. Um, people are willing to imbibe this crap so long as the media, enough of the media tells it to them over and over again. So global warming is such a good example, right? They, they keep on saying that it's real, that science says so, and science says so. And then, so, so you feel that if you don't agree with it, if you don't imbibe this, then, then you're not, you're, you know, you're a Holocaust denier. Uh, and and they, they don't want to be that. So, and they also feel, and then they join in the bandwagon. So what other areas are they failing to deal with the reality? Well, one is uh, the COVID deaths. I, I, I will never let this go. Never. 
Uh, it is madness to, to think that these COVID deaths were all, the resp- all as a result of just COVID. When, when people told me, when I learned that people were dying of diseases with COVID, but not necessarily only with COVID, uh, and only 6% of the alleged deaths uh, were actually the result of COVID directly, uh, I said, that, that just, that's just awful. They can't possibly uh, put this out there and expect us to swallow this. But people do swallow it because that little factoid I just said uh, doesn't get any press. And because of that, they, they perceive COVID to be this deadly virus. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call that a factoid or a detail. That's more like a thesis statement they've left out of the story. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's the main point. Yeah, if it's, if it's not only COVID, then perhaps COVID is not as dangerous as they would claim it to be. Same thing uh, with other things, so that the, the notion that masks are necessary, right? We talked about that just a moment ago. But Russian collusion, for example, everyone is talking about the Russian collusion story, the narrative, and that Trump was uh, engaged with Russia as a traitor against the country. They believed it because, you know, MSNBC, CNN, New York Times, every single liberal outlet spat this out over and over again to the point that uh, people believed it. It, it was a, that was a real thing. It, it goes to the point that we always talk about. People are willing to, that they want to believe. They desperately want to believe. It is only with God that you can have the appropriate cynicism to actually see what's what. And it, it seems counterintuitive to a lot of people, I think, because to the atheist, to the secularist, they believe that people who believe in God are, are already beguiling themselves. They are uh, numbing their brains by believing in God. I'm telling you this, this is what they believe, because I used to believe of it course, myself, right? Because they're, they're, they, they make the very simple arguments. It's the dawn of, of religiosity and faith, which is how can you believe in something I can't see? Right. They can't see it, they can't hear it, they can't feel it, whatever, they can't smell it. So therefore, he doesn't exist. But then they also go further and say, well, if you also believe in the Bible, you believe in this nonsense that the, uh, the Red Sea parted, that Jesus walked on water, uh, and so forth. They, they, they will say that, but that's kind of putting aside the point. It, it is very interesting how the people that are the most discerning, just, just pay attention to it in your own lives, my dear listener, Think of all the people that you consider to be very discerning people who are very precise. I, I put it to you that chances are, by and large, not 100%, but by and large, the people that are that discerning, that skeptical, with a healthy skepticism, that is. I'm not talking about just sarcastic. Uh, they tend to be the faithful. They believe in God. But more importantly, I think they know that there is a God. And, and the reason why is because they've discerned from the facts around them that there is a God. There's a creator at the very least. And it, it just makes sense to them, right? They, they are constantly, every Sunday or Saturday, as the case may be, they're reevaluating their proof of God. But, but you know, on the one hand, and, and, you know, all the Talmudic scholars do this. They, they challenge it. They, they say things like, uh, this eye for an eye uh, business, that seems uh, very primitive. And then you say, well, wait a minute, the, the reason why it's eye for an eye is because it's about commensurate justice, right? Um, and so you're constantly engaging this back and forth as to what the Bible actually means. That is discernment. And you also that creates do, healthy skepticism. And you also do the rituals every day, which 
allows you as a human being to review and refresh the information and reconfirm. That's one of the things that the modern science-minded fail to do. They hit a touchstone of confirmation bias once, and then they never revisit it. That's That's exactly right. So, look, and my point is that without God in the picture, you, only God can give you that ability of discernment, right? I mean, it, it, it's, it's very interesting how the people who are so easily beguiled are really the, the secularists, well, well, the, the, the atheists. I, I, I want to get to another point. I, I, I know you want to add on to that point, but the, the, this is, I want to give other examples of where people uh, let themselves be easily beguiled. Um, and that is, we talked about uh, global warming, and we talked about Russian collusion, but that this recent election, 2020, was clean. That it was the cleanest, yeah, yeah. Not, not only was it clean, the cleanest ever. The cleanest ever, yeah. right? And, and to, to simply you know, imbibe this notion that you heard from CNN, MSNBC, and so on, that anyone who questions it is an absurdist. They are crazy. But. <laughs> I mean, forget about whether you want to talk about uh, the computerized issues, right, whether it's Dominion software or otherwise. Forget about that. Just forget about it. But you, you have to say that election was very funky on the night of, this, uh, of November 3rd, 2020. Something, it was at best funky, right? It was very clear that Trump was running away with his election, that it was a landslide, and then all of a sudden, it turns around, and you see all these bookies, right? I mean, Las Vegas odds and everything else, they had Trump winning at something like 95% chance, 99% chance at one point, and then all of a sudden, it started flipping around. It was weird. It was the weirdest election in history. <laughs> you can say it's the cleanest election, but you can also say it's the weirdest election in history. So to say that uh, now, that, there was, uh, that you have questions about it, that alone uh, makes you some sort, of, some sort of pariah, some sort of nut. And, uh, and you're supposed to imbibe this. You're not supposed to question this at all. And, and that is the reason why that is happening is because the mainstream media says it over and over again that this was clean, that anybody who thinks otherwise is crazy. Even CNN, I saw this on, what do you call it, the Chiron? The Crawl. It was the, it was the not the, the crawl, the Chiron, the Chiron. Okay. The Chiron said that uh, Trump is going to such and such place to give speech and question the election, even though, uh, to, to continue the lie that there was an election uh, fraud. Uh, so that, I mean, as if that's, you know, that's not what CNN holds itself out to be, right? To be a neutral, a news report. Well, they'll say, well, but it, it is true that it's a lie. And therefore, we're reporting it, and we're saying that he's doing it without any evidence and so on. But still, it's, it's a push, and they are constantly feeding this narrative that you are supposed to imbibe. Yeah, and, it, and people uh, buy it. And also, you, you link the two by order there, one and then the other. But it's so interesting to me how rarely the two are compared and contrasted. Russia hoax versus the cleanliness of the 2020 election. Because... People tend to get lost in the morass of details on the Russia hoax and forget that the entire thesis of the Russia hoax was that the 2016 election was a fraud. So they claim for four years that the 2016 election, with no evidence, was a fraud, with the only evidence being supplied by one of the campaigns. But the 2020 election, with all of these strange things happened that all could see... 
uh, was cleaner than any in history. It's in and we had the advantage. We had the advantage of actually having a guy, an independent investigator, Robert Mueller, right, who actually said there is no evidence, right? So, so they they actually looked into it. And this they can't look into. They are actually clamping down on it, preventing it from any from any investigation. The Arizona recount, uh, I believe, will show otherwise. But anyway. Other examples of this, I'm going to give four other examples, and I want to talk about a very interesting insight uh, I think you'll appreciate. Another one is that white supremacy is all around us, right? Racism is all around us, for that matter. But you can see with your own eyes that that is just not the case. Yeah, where are the, where's the KKK where, meeting? Where, I don't even where, know where it is. Yes, exactly. Where, where the hell? I mean, you, you could say, okay, well, you live in Los Angeles and, or New York and these big cities, and they don't, they don't show up there. Unless, you know, you're, you're taunting uh, Jesse Smollett in Chicago, but that's another story. So uh, the, all these white supremacist rallies, okay? So, okay, granted, they're, they're not happening in Los Angeles. I get that. But what about in Podunk, wherever, right? Uh, I mean, in these small little towns, you would expect to see these white supremacist rallies somewhere in America. You don't. You just don't. And you might see, and, and literally, the, the only time I, I saw anything that some guy presented to me when he wanted to show there was massive anti-Semitism from white supremacists, no less, um, was there's one guy hold up a placard, I think it was in his basement, where he said, uh, Jews shall not uh, govern us or you know, take, take control or something like that. An anti-globalist. Whatever it was, you know, they, they, Jews will not replace us. That's what it is. And okay, so that's one schmuck, one placard, and he made out of that a whole movement, you understand. Never mind that no such thing is happening. There is no uh, anti-Semitism of, of real import. To the extent there is anti-Semitism, it's coming from, sadly, the black community. Uh, they and are college campuses. Yeah, in college campuses, there's also an anti-Israelism going on. It's, it's horrible. It is growing in that sense. But from white supremacists, no. Uh, they just don't exist. But they would have you believe otherwise. Okay, so that's item number one of the four that I wanted to mention. The, the second one is this notion of voter ID, that there's a problem getting uh, a voter ID, and therefore there's a suppression of the vote, you see. Never mind that not one single person has been able to articulate how he or she could not vote because it was so difficult <laughs> to get uh, some sort of identification for himself. Not one. Yeah, where right. are those, those lines, those throngs, those phalanxes of black and Latino and people of color protesters claiming, but for my vote, Joe Biden would have not won, right, or whatever? Right. Well, I mean, either way, I mean, it's just that the idea that you needed identification and that somehow there are these throngs of people that are being suppressed because never mind that they, the fact that they can get an ID way before at any time, that there's a month uh, now it's you know it's it's election month now, not, not some or even election two months by which you can you can vote. So it's so easy to vote, and to get an ID is it's absurd. I mean you've heard the mantra already that you, you need an ID for everything else, but somehow when it comes to voting that's not necessary. Right. It's so, somehow so difficult to get an airplane, to get to buy alcohol, to to buy a lottery ticket for that matter. I mean to to buy so many different things to get you just you need to show your ID, and it doesn't have to be a driver's license. It could be anything, uh, and it's, it's extraordinary. But they, they will have you believe that this is a real issue. And they said it, because, and the reason why people believe it and why they use the word suppression, and they even go so far as to call it Jim Crow, and that's how bad, that's how absurd it is, it's because the media tells it to them over and over again, and they want to believe it. 
So that's, that's item number two. Item number three is uh, this notion of, uh, of um, inflation, that it's everywhere. Sorry, that it's not everywhere, that, that, you can, that you can somehow spend trillions of dollars, and, and this time we're, we're talking literally trillions of dollars, and that it will have no impact on the inflation. And not only that, but Biden goes on TV, and he says this preposterous statement that so long as we approve his spending bill involving, guess what, trillions of dollars, forget about the fact that it's not even in for, for the infrastructure that he claims it to be, that that will stem inflation. You get it? I talked about this on my Sunday show last Sunday. Uh, that, that's like saying, let's put up this fire with the gasoline. Let's, uh, let's stop this flood by adding more water to it, right? Let's, let's uh, make sure our marriage is, is more intact by having a lot more affairs. I mean, it, it's, it's weird. And he says it knowing that the public will imbibe that. Uh, you've got to really believe crazy things. So, and then finally, this notion that men can compete in women's sports. I, 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 I don't even know where to begin with this. I mean, thankfully, we listened to this clip from Life of Brian, which showed the absurdity, and it was, it was truly absurd. They had clarity of thought back then. Uh, and I, I think that we had clarity of thought until about, I don't know, six months ago, some, some degree of clarity of thought. But even, even before that, it was, it was a challenge. Anyway, um, the, uh, the transgender thing, the, the notion that a man should be able to, it, it's his right to be able to practice uh, and, and to compete in women's sports, that people are nodding along with that, that it's so obvious that that's the right thing to do. And, I was on Newsmax. I was a panelist on a, on a show. I'm, I'm on Newsmax a lot now these days. Anyway, so this guy that I'm against, he's a liberal, and he says, he's, he's well, we're talking about men in women's sports, and he said that there's not any evidence whatsoever that somehow this has an impact, a difficulty, making it difficult for the women. And I said, you're lying. You know otherwise. There's plenty of evidence of this. Not, I mean, putting aside what's happening in Connecticut with all those track, you know, high school boys who suddenly went in there. Now that you've got the, the weightlifter in New Zealand, you're, you're telling setting me... Setting new records. Yeah, setting new records all of a sudden. And they're so surprised. Uh, and, and he's saying that there's no evidence. You see, this is an example of a guy who's imbibing what, what he's been told. Uh, that there's no evidence. There's no evidence. Wh- what are you talking about? I, are, you, are, you, are you seriously going to tell me? I mean, next thing you know, you'll, they'll tell me that, well, actually, they did tell me, that, that men don't generally have penises, that women don't generally have vaginas. Well, they came out with a story today. Barry Weiss wrote an article on, um, uh, on one of her uh, sites uh, relaying the experience at a major medical school in which a professor stated two absurd things. Number one, that offending people is the worst thing a human being can do to another. Not murdering, not torturing, not molesting, but offending. And that second of all, um, saying only women can get pregnant is not science. So, and this is official. So when they use this cockamamie, I mean, even the argument method, that there is no evidence, at least throw us a bone and say, you know, although some evidence may exist, at least take responsibility and say, this is what I want, right? Right. So so who's the main culprit here? The the main culprit is is the mass media uh, who constantly 
feed these mantras and these memes and these narratives to us and tell us this is what is. And they say it over and over again, and you will imbibe it. Okay, then not you, the listener, because you guys are discerning, but I'm talking about the general population where they, they just insist that global warming is happening, man-made global warming, that we can't do anything, that, you know, all the stuff we just talked about. And, uh, or, or that a, a man can participate, you know, legitimately in a women's sports and it, it'll be totally fair, just totally fair. Uh, they have to say it over and over again in order for it to sustain, right? It's like, uh, you know, you have to, like the New York City subway, they have to keep on pumping out the water lest it be flooded, right? So that's, that's the way they think about it. They have to dump this on you day in and day out because the moment that they stop doing that on any given issue, people will no longer necessarily believe it, or at least they won't think it's a very important issue. So, for example, do you remember not so long ago, a couple decades ago, the greatest issue of the time was the ozone layer, right? When do you hear people talking about the ozone layer, right? I mean, presumably, we're, we're still spitting out all sorts of chemicals into the ozone layer and, and depleting it, uh, but they don't have that anymore because it's not, it's not immediately identifiable, they cannot show the hole in the ozone layer yeah, anymore. There's no way of controlling human beings day in, day out to alter their lives to affect the ozone layer. Still so have issues with the ozone layer. The first is my favorite, which is they discovered, oh, wait a minute, there are ozone holes in the ozone layer near the poles. Right. Where sunlight doesn't hit. Uh, hold on. You'll like this, okay? Where sunlight doesn't hit the earth directly, you don't need the sunscreen that is the ozone layer. Which, by the way, means leads to further credence to your belief, Barack Lurie, that God built this little thing we're on and designed it so well that he knew where to put the ozone. Right? Okay, <laughs> yes. that's the first thing. The second thing is every regulation that they needed to reduce ozone-depleting chemicals like chlorofluorocarbons in air conditioners and refrigerators have been replaced. Yeah. So they've replaced them with other alternatives. So you can't control people with that anymore. Yeah, I, I think that's a good that point. Interesting? Yeah, it's a good point. And, and uh, Al Gore, even Al Gore, rather, in his Inconvenient Truth movie, he kind of pays lip service to the ozone layer situation. And he says, well, you know, we, we rallied around it and we fixed it. And now we can do it the same thing with global warming. You see how he played with it. Uh, but nevertheless, the fact is that the, you know, nobody talks about the ozone layer anymore. And, and so therefore, it's not, a, not in play. But the transgender issue, the global warming issue, the voter ID suppression issue, um, and soon the, uh, the, you know, you shouldn't have children issue, that they're going to be dripping that uh, day in and day out. And you have to realize, right. to, you have to realize that you are suckers if you imbibe this crap. And you do at some point have to be very discerning and say to yourself, okay, first, A, who is telling me this? If it is CNN, you really need to have at least one eyebrow raised, okay? Uh, and if it's MSNBC, at least two eyebrows raised, okay? Uh, that's one thing. And then second, if it's just merely about like the weather or the traffic or, you know, what, what the stock market is doing today uh, in terms of up and down, fine. You could, you could, you could believe them because it's, it's you know, what, what are you going to say? But when it comes to anything else about big picture items, you have to be very discerning. And the good news is you already are very discerning. Why? 
because you believe in God. And you're listening to this. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you, you wouldn't listen to this if you were not a discerning person because, look, it, it takes, it, this show is usually, what, uh, half an hour to 45 minutes or so, sometimes a little bit longer. Uh, so it requires patience. It requires following a train of thought. And that is not necessary if you are on the left. In fact, it's, it's anathema to thinking on the left. Uh, if, you are, if you are supposed to talk about the consequences and the connections of things and how one thing leads to the other, well, that, that's anathema to the left. You just can't do that. That's why these podcasts, um, they, don't, they, they work well in the conservative world and the God-believing world, but they do not work at all with the left world. They don't have podcasts like this. Uh, it's very hard, at least, to find one. And if they do you know, start up one, it usually fails. There's nothing like uh, what you have with uh, this podcast, what you have with Dennis Prager, of course, and, and uh, the late uh, Rush Limbaugh and Mark Levin, all these great thinkers, because they, they, have, they put it together. They, they always say the what if things. What if, what if we apply the same rationale to this and, or to that? Uh, and we talk about the big picture things like, like what we're just talking about now. It's all about discernment. And you cannot have discernment without God. Why? God gave us discernment. Animals don't need discernment. They don't. Dogs don't need it. They just, all they want is, is where's, where's my food? Okay, and if I can't find my food, I'll go hunt for some food. Same thing with the lions, same thing even with the penguins, same thing with the... Yeah, survival. It's, it's, all, it's all survival, yeah. right? But there's, you, you don't think of animals and think of discernment and wonder... Uh, hey, but what about this? That's not in the repertoire of the left. What they do want is to be told what to think. And then they will spit this back at you. What they've been told, some people call it talking points, I call it propaganda, where they, they push it on you and they say to you, you are a fool if you don't believe this because science told me so. Well, only, no, science didn't tell you. The propaganda machine called the, lane, uh, the, the mainstream media told you that it was science. And then you said it. But you don't have any numbers. You don't have any facts. I do. I have logic. You don't. More importantly, I have discernment. And so because of that, you have this inability to grasp reality. Just like we saw at the end of that clip from uh, The Life of Brian where Reich says it's a break from reality. It's a symbolic of his inability to, to deal with reality. That's what we're talking about. You cannot have it without God. I know that these podcasts, we, we often turn to the point of God, but yes, ultimately everything is credited to God. It, it, we cannot have, everything was created by God whether that's the, the trees and the birds and the plants and so forth and humans. But it's not just that. It's also about creativity. It's about discernment. It's about, about um, distinctions, about good versus evil. These are things that, that God created, free will, all those things. So, yeah, if, if that is the engine, if God is the engine of everything around us, and then we say, well, the reason why something is not working is because the engine doesn't exist. Or at least in that person's life, it doesn't exist. Don't be surprised when I say it's because of godlessness. And so here we are. 
yet again with another example of the devastating impacts of godlessness. And this one is about the break with reality. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk with you next week.